0: Welcome to Ghostly.
1: Is Alcatraz haunted? No. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to find out in this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, Rebecca, how have you been?
1: Uh, Pat, I have been good. Good. How about you?
0: I've, uh, I haven't been as good because winter's kicking my butt.
1: Yeah, winter is here.
0: Winter is definitely here. It's not coming. It is here. It is here. It is upon us. Yes. And yeah, for uh those that live in sunny climates, um how dare you <laughs> well,
1: and the sad part is we don't even have it as bad as uh no. as our northern and western neighbors
0: north of the wall, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah winter's been bad uh we've got some snow and it's been just really cold and my car still doesn't like the cold no it doesn't and, uh, yeah I hear yeah, the stories yeah
1: um but uh done anything fun at least in this cold
0: um i'm not sure what about you
1: i uh Well, we went to a play. There you go. Oh, okay, yeah. We went to a play for a friend of ours. Uh, It was his birthday. Yes, and he picked it. He picked this play, and Uh uh, it it. was interesting.
0: Yes, that is- That's uh, the word I'm going with. That is a really good word to use for it.
1: (laughs) It wasn't bad. Uh, I just don't know if I would say it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it in a way.
0: I don't know if I could say I enjoyed it. I I, <laughs> I sat through it.
1: It was definitely an interpretation. There but, was interpretive dance.
0: Well, it was one of those kind of things where you didn't know if this is supposed to be funny or not.
1: Yeah, I think it was in some spots.
0: But like, we were the only people laughing.
1: Well, there no there, there were... were two
0: people in front of us that were laughing, and our group. Yeah. And um, yeah that. Yeah and nobody else in the whole place.
1: Well, the topic of this play was pretty serious, so I yeah. you know there was like war and stuff happening. But they would
0: break in the middle of it just to have a dance number. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was it was definitely <laughs> odd. it made it interesting. It was Let's
0: an, let's not say the name of the play though since we are not talking super highly about I, it. Yeah,
1: that's probably a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I anyway, don't it's what Chicago theater is though. It's small, it's fun, it's interesting and right? uh you never know what you're gonna get, but you don't have to pay a whole lot of money to go see it. So,
0: yeah.
1: And sometimes you get a gem.
0: Yeah. So this is the second episode of 2020.
1: Yeah, 2020,
0: 2020. And you were telling me something about.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I read this article. You got to be careful when you're signing checks or doc. I don't know why you said a check. I, I don't but, write checks. Anymore. Yeah, I don't know. As a uh, documents, I guess is what oh, they okay. said. That you should set f- issues. You should write 2020 because if you just write like. 12720 people could go in and write in like 19 or 17 or 06 whatever hmm. they could add and make it whatever year
0: Well I I always write four digit year It's like a force a habit of mine uh, I write a four digit year a two digit Well I write two digit month two digit day and four digit year Wow Yeah it's because I came from blood banking Okay. It was a big thing for us there. We needed to all write the same way. Gotcha. So there was never a question about what the day, what the month. You know, I
1: suppose that's probably a good idea. Yeah, I, I guess. don't do that. What? I uh, know,
0: Rebecca, you're disappointing me already <laughs> on the second episode of 2020. <laughs> I can't believe it. Um. So, oh, uh, I wanted to say to our listeners that we will be at C2E2.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very excited about it.
0: And that's February 28th, 29th, and March 1st. Ooh, leap year. Yeah, leap year, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to try to do some interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you happen to be there, please let us know and we would love to meet up with you.
1: Absolutely. It's gonna be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, we were there last year, made a lot of friends. Yeah. It was that's where we met Bob after dark.
1: Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Paranormal podcast, gotta stick together.
0: Absolutely, we do. <laughs> so for listener mail, this time we got something a little bit different for yes, you guys. Yes,
1: we do. It's we got
0: two, two. things. And one of them is not really a listener mail. It's a listener request. Yes. It was from Eric, son of Mondo.
1: <laughs> son of Mondo.
0: <laughs> Eric, son of Mondo. Yeah. And um, yeah, he, he's a big history buff.
1: Well, he's a history major.
0: Yes, he is, yes, and he requested that we do something for Chinese New Year, which is coming up on january twenty fifth
1: yeah, so right around the time this episode is coming out, yeah. so uh, I love it, and when I was researching this, I realized that the the um uh, beginnings of Chinese New Year is based in a legend, a what? supernatural legend, wow, the actual foundation of it, so this is from ChinaHighlights.com. dot com. Uh, They said, in ancient times, there was a monster named Neon. Now, my pronunciation on that, I looked (laughs) to try to find a (laughs) pronunciation that was as close as I could get. So we'll go with that. Uh, So there was a monster named Neon with a long head and sharp horns. It dwelled deep in the sea all year round and only showed up every Chinese New Year's Eve to eat people and livestock in nearby villages. Wow,
0: that doesn't sound good.
1: No. Therefore, on the day of Chinese New Year's Eve, people would flee to remote mountains to avoid being harmed by the monster. People had lived in fear of this monster until an old man with white hair and a ruddy complexion visited the village. He refused to hide in the mountains along with the villagers, but successfully scared away the monster by pasting red papers on doors, burning bamboo to make a loud cracking sound, precursor to fireworks, lighting candles in the houses, and wearing red clothes. When the villagers came back- Was he Santa? (laughs) (laughs) No, but- (laughs) Okay. (laughs) When the villagers came back, they were surprised to discover that the village had not been destroyed. Wow, after that, every New Year's Eve, people did as the old man instructed, and the monster neon never showed up again. This tradition has been continued until the present time and has become an important way to celebrate the arrival of the new
0: year that that's really fascinating. Um, in science news, I um heard a conversation from a biologist, okay that was it this was really fascinating to me that he said that, They are rethinking if dragons ever existed. What? Yeah, because there is a new theory.
1: Okay. That
0: um, birds don't always fossilize because of their bones being so thin. Okay. So if these dragons could fly, maybe they were more bird-like.
1: So... That there could have been dragons, we just don't know because yeah. they are they didn't fossilize.
0: Yeah, but because, you know, like China and Europe and a bunch of other places have stories that were never connected. So that's the reason why they're saying, you know, this is possible.
1: Collective unconscious, man. I love it.
0: Yeah, like the Mandela effect.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. (laughs) We'll have to do something about that someday.
0: Absolutely, because you believe that Sinbad was in Shazam.
1: (laughs) I did. All right, we've
0: gotten way off topic. Okay, we're off topic.
1: Okay, we have another listener mail that's an actual listener mail that came in. Okay. Yes, Um, from Elisa. All right. Yes. Um, Okay. Oh,
0: she's one of our uh, top fans. Definitely one of our top fans. On Facebook. I always love her comments.
1: Yeah, she's a little more on the not-believer side, so... She's
0: she's very real. She's very
1: hashtag-in-the-middle. Yeah. Little, sort of, but I think... Well, well let's read her, because she kind of gives her philosophy. Okay. And then her story. All right. Okay. Uh, so she says, I definitely feel that energy never really goes away. It just changes form and, or moves on. Which is very... That's kind of similar to that's, me.
0: That's what I used to think as well. Okay.
1: Whether it is a shockwave after an earthquake or someone's spirit or energy kind of living on uh, in their loved ones or hanging around in the places those people spent significant time in. So I get it. That sounds like I believe in ghosts and hauntings, but really it's just like a, a law of physics or something. All of that said, reasons I want to believe revolve around my family and something several women have experienced on my mom's side. So far my great aunt mother and sister have all had dreams about family members saying goodbye to them and the next day the family member passes away twice unexpectedly. Ooh. So it wasn't like they were sick and then
0: okay.
1: hmm. uh, and the one that was unexpected was a cousin's husband that we knew but they lived in Illinois.
0: Illinois. Shout out to Illinois.
1: So we weren't very close to them. The night before he passed, my sister dreamt she was visiting him in the hospital, and he wanted to take a picture with her to show her uh, son someday to tell him about him. My sister was not yet a mother, but did have a son shortly after that. The next day, I called to tell her he had passed away, and she cut me off to tell me about her dream. Needless to say, it gave me chills. Hmm. My mother and I have both had dreams of my late grandmother and woken up to an overwhelming sense of flowers, usually roses. We have spoken about her out loud together and then had the same overwhelming scent of flowers flood the room. We will be smelling everything possible to try and disprove what is happening, but never find anything that had a strong scent of roses as where it's coming from. It's pretty weird.
0: That is kind of weird, yeah. yeah.
1: When I still lived at my childhood home, our faucet was pretty tough to turn on. I was making something one day and I mentioned to my mom how much grandmom loved liked it when I made it and the faucet came on in the kitchen behind me full force and some dried flowers from her funeral that hung above the sink dropped petals into the sink. Wow. So I want to believe, I want to believe that people are around us, but despite all of these things, I don't believe in ghosts, angels, the invisible guy living in the sky or the other guy living in the center of the earth.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) Wow. I really like that. Um, You know, I used to feel the same way, and I like that, uh, and you're probably not going to like it, but I like that just because there is something that can't be explained, it doesn't mean that it's supernatural. So, in other words, you need to explain how it is supernatural. You need to find evidence of that, Mm. and not the other way around.
1: Well, she also says, I guess it's just that since energy can never really be destroyed, just changed... I think some people are maybe more tuned in to those energies if that makes
0: sense. Um maybe I mean, you know, I used to I used to have a lot of déjà vu when I was a kid. Um I still have it. Yeah, like I it was never anything major. It was like I would be in a 7-11 and I would be I bought looking... this jerky before. <laughs> yeah, no. It's like I would be looking at like something, and all of a sudden I would realize that I had a dream of that exact moment. hmm And my dad used to tell me that that was my brain speeding up past my body. That was his way of explaining it. Wow. That's never, crazy. never, Never like, it was never a doubt to him. It was like, that's just what it is. Wow. And, yeah. And when you get older, it'll go away, and it did.
1: Wow, well, that is I absolutely I have deja vu, not all the time, but it definitely still happens. Wow, because I may be a kid inside.
0: Maybe we should do an episode on deja vu. Interesting, deja vu. I miss you. <laughs> it's from Top Secret, uh, Al Calmer. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, oh, this is this is not my favorite time. Oh yeah. By the way, thanks for the awesome story. Yes. Thank you, Elisa. Um, yeah. And thanks for always contributing on Facebook. Uh, thank thank you to all of you that do.
1: Yeah, we appreciate it. And those of you that don't, uh, we appreciate your support. And and feel free to jump in whenever you feel like it. Yeah. Uh, and again, if you have a story, um, send it to info at ghostlypodcast.com. Absolutely. We'd love to hear it. And again, it could be that it was something that you believe is supernatural or something that was weird that happened and you're not quite sure doesn't have to or a question you want us to explore
0: sure you know one of the one of the things that always um brightens our day is when we see people on facebook in our uh, on our page talking to each other
1: yeah that's fun
0: it is it's like you know we started this and and other people have taken it to different parts
1: yeah we definitely uh like a like a community or hope hope yeah. we can build one of those
0: So, yeah, since it was such a long listener mail, we should just, you know, skip past the polls and get right to the meat of this episode. No, no, we got to do the polls. Why do we always have to do these polls? Well, we put the poll
1: out there, so we owe it to the listeners (sighs) to give the results of the poll. All right, that I lost. Uh, No, you did not. What? Yeah, this is a weird, I feel very conflicted about this poll because I was very conflicted last episode. Okay. Um. But the question was: Can tar- or do tarot cards predict the future, or can tarot cards predict the future? Yeah. And it was forty-three percent yes and fifty-seven percent no. Wow,
0: it's like a landslide.
1: Uh, for for us, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow! Thank yeah. you guys for reaching out there and voting. Yeah, I mean, again,
1: um, I don't always believe that, so it's uh it was weird.
0: Well, the thing is, is that our tarot card supernatural yeah do you believe that they're supernatural
1: i mean i think they can connect to maybe our own personal energies but, but that's I, not supernatural it's not supernatural
0: do they do they hold power within themselves by themselves
1: i don't believe that i think we have to feed our own energies into them and that's what really what they're what it's what it is is what we give to it
0: so therefore tarot cannot in itself read the future the people no, read the future people
1: right we they they prompt us to kind of read our own mm-hmm. future a bit absolutely and if you guys haven't watched it yet there is a youtube video out there yeah. of us doing a tarot reading for ghostly yeah. uh it was it was interesting
0: and um yeah that it, it was like disastrous for ghostly too i don't it's,
1: think it was disastrous i think we well we you have to watch and find out yeah
0: all right so I think it's time just to start this. Why don't we just do a ghost story? Well, Remember, we are talking about Alcatraz. I was just going to
1: say, we need to remind people what we're talking about. Yeah, we're the talking best about Alcatraz. Topic ever. Yeah. Absolutely. What an interesting place. Tons of ghost stories. I yes. can't even begin to get to them all. I, like, we'll have to do a second Alcatraz episode or something later down the road in, if we're still here in a few years. In 15
0: years. <laughs> we will do. It. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Uh, no, super interesting place. Uh, and we've both been there, I believe. We have
0: both been there, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it was. It's creepy.
0: It is. It is a little creepy. I will. I will give you that. Yeah.
1: All right. So I've got a ghost story. Okay. Um, and this was a story that actually I wanted to include in the debate, but I just I couldn't. We just didn't have time, so I mm. kind of turned I turned it into my ghost story.
0: Yeah, your made up little thing. No,
1: it's not made up. <laughs> this is. is based on a real, well. This is based on a real claim, okay. a real story that someone said that they experienced.
0: But the details might be embellished by you a- slightly a little bit. Okay.
1: Okay. Imagine that you are a park ranger working at Alcatraz. Every day, you help keep this top tourist attraction in top shape, and enjoy talking to the different tour groups that make their way through. Sure, sometimes you get troublemakers who want to mess things up or others that want to go where they're not supposed to go. But overall, it's an interesting job when you take seriously. There are people who claim that the place is haunted, but you've never seen anything. In fact, ghost tours aren't even permitted at the prison. One day, you are making your rounds through the prison and you hear a strange sound. At first, you can't place it because it just isn't a sound you would expect to hear at Alcatraz. But you soon figure it out. It's the sound of a banjo playing. You go to search for the sound, thinking that maybe someone got into some place that they aren't supposed to be. You trace the sound to the shower room. But when you go inside, the sound stops. No one is there. There is no way you wouldn't have seen a person leave but you tell yourself that there is some rational explanation. You just missed something or it wasn't a banjo. The next day, though, you tell the old-time park ranger who's worked at The Rock for many years about what you heard, and your jaw drops at what you hear him say. Oh, yeah. Lots of people have heard the banjo playing. It was a prisoner. He used to play the banjo in the shower room instead of going outside in the for yard time. He wasn't too right in the head from that syphilis. And the guards let him stay in, kept him calm. So yeah, you heard a banjo. El Capone's.
0: Wow, I, I didn't know that El Capone played the banjo. I, I can't picture him playing I, the banjo. It's,
1: I, <laughs> I'm not joking. He did. That part is definitely real. Yeah. Um, he really we, did. You know, obviously we, we had our El Capone episode. Yeah. Um, he, he was a prisoner there and he yes. did play the banjo and he did play it in the shower room instead of going outside for yard well, time.
0: Well, we had our, um, our St. Valentine's Day massacre, massacre episode, episode yes. not an Al Capone episode.
1: But that's true. It was a little bit more than just Al Capone.
0: I just, you know, when you play the banjo, don't you have to put on a straw hat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think it's required.
0: Oh, I thought it was. I thought I that mean, maybe you had he to. had
1: one. I don't know.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so but years later, uh, many people have reported hearing the banjo playing and a park ranger was one of those people that's reported that.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, at that, I think we should take a break. Uh, Yeah. All right. We'll see you in a second. Hey, true believers. It's Dr. David Hickney. That's right. I'm a legit Ph.D. Anyway, there's still a butt-ton of truth out there, so we're coming back for Season 3. It starts February 28th, 2020. 2020 is a leap year, so February has a 29th day. We don't dare post on that day because, as you know, Leap Day is the Spode's once-quadrennial laundry day. It gets messy. Anywho, Freak of the Week Season 3, February 28th. Elizabeth will be there, too. All right, welcome back. Now, we are in the history section. So interesting. So we're going to be talking about Alcatraz, and we're going to be talking about its history. It's located a little over a mile away from San Francisco. Rebecca, when you were there, did you see any ghosts? I did not. I didn't either.
1: I wasn't looking for them then, and I went during the day, and I took like the regular tour. so did I. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So... It's got a very long history. So, this history section is going to be longer than most. Now, I will say that it is known before the first fact that I bring up that Native Americans considered this like sacred ground.
1: Yeah. And, the, but they, they called it like a dark island. Yes. Like, it was definitely, they didn't, I mean, they, they felt it was part of their land, but they yes. were definitely spooked by it. Yes. Felt so, it was a dark place.
0: But, of course, there's no written um, accounts of this. Though.
1: No, just oral oral stories.
0: So I, I'm not going to focus on that part because I don't have more than just that. So the first reference to the island is from um, Juan Manuel de Ayala. It was in 1975 and named it La Isla de los Alcatraz,
1: <laughs> that sounds fake, but that's really what it was. Yeah.
0: Which <laughs> La actually, Isla
1: de los Alcatraces.
0: <laughs> yeah, which uh, translates to the Island of the Gannets.
1: Oh, I didn't know what that meant.
0: Yeah, well, that's a bird. Oh. So uh, it, it's usually translated, though, as the Island of the Pelicans. Because we've heard, you know, it's called the Pelican Island, right?
1: Oh, yeah, I guess I have heard that.
0: That's its nickname, okay. the Pelican Island. Um, but the island is home to many birds. And actually, the ironic part is it's not home to pelicans.
1: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: but they just assume because of its location. <laughs> right, right. Uh, over the years, though, it started to be called Alcatraz. The Spanish people built several buildings on the land. And one of the first owners of the land was uh, Julian Workman, and it was given to him by the Mexican Governor Pio Pico in June of eighteen
1: forty six I didn't realize it was Mexican territory. it
0: was wow it was up well, yeah, it was for a long time up until eighteen forty eight ish which I'm gonna say in a second yeah um so it was it was the expectation that he was gonna build a lighthouse on the land, okay. Because it makes perfect sense, right? That's a spot you would, you know, yeah. a lighthouse should be there. But with, within the same year, the military governor of California, John C. Fremont, um, bought the land for $5,000. Would you Would you pay $5,000 for Alcatraz right now? If I had it, yes. <laughs> would you borrow <laughs> 5000 To
1: buy Alcatraz, yes.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, he So he bought it, though, in the name of the U.S. government. Wow. So this was amazing timing, as right after they purchased the land was when California's gold rush started.
1: Oh, okay. So that was, I mean, people were moving then to California. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. So
0: although I do not think Alcatraz was looked at for gold, but the timing meant that a lot of people would be in that area. People that could work for the U.S.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So the US ended up stiffing Fremont on the money he paid for the land. This went into court and extended all the way until eighteen ninety when Fremont lost. Wow, we're
1: yeah, we're sometimes kind of crappy. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much a cut and dry case, but no, somehow he lost.
1: Somehow, yeah, yeah. we're just not gonna pay you back for that. Absolutely.
0: Hmm. So in eighteen fifty President Millard Fillmore ordered that Alcatraz Island be made into a military reservation to protect California after the U.S. acquired it from Mexico following the Mexican-American War. So this was part of the Mexican-American War. Okay. Uh, The land sat pretty much unused for three years until 1853. The U.S. uh, Army Corps of Engineers began building a fort on it. It took 5 years until the initial version of the of Fort Alcatraz was complete. That's a Fort Alcatraz. Fort Alcatraz, yeah. And at the end of that year, 200 soldiers were stationed there. Okay. In 1861, does that year ring a bell?
1: 1861? Yeah. Um mm, uh I'm going to let you s- yes. But I'm going <laughs> to let you say <laughs> it.
0: That's uh, when the Civil War started. Uh, yeah. So the North mounted 85 cannons, which would be increased to 105 by 1866 on the island. But since there were not enough men to man these cannons, only a fraction of them could be used at any one time.
1: Were they used?
0: Uh. Well, we're going to talk about okay. that. Okay. So, during the war, Alcatraz finally got its lighthouse, which is still there today. Okay. Uh, Alcatraz was used as a prison for soldiers as early as 1859. Uh Aha. But during the war is when Alcatraz was first used as a prison for private citizens, where it imprisoned uh, Confederate sympathizers. But the island never needed to fire those cannons
1: Uh, because the Civil
0: War wasn't there.
1: I was going to say, like, that just seems kind of crazy, but I didn't know if something happened. But that makes sense that they didn't want anybody to sympathize with the Confederacy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you were, they would take you to Alcatraz.
1: Okay. So it's, even though it was a fort. Yeah. It was kind of prison
0: well it was it was made to be a fort and to be used as such and during the civil war they realized kind of quickly that um although it is a fort it's probably not going to be attacked
1: true and in fact makes a good prison since it's kind of out
0: well i'm going to say that too right now so alcatraz is the perfect spot for a prison it's a mile away in any direction from any land The water averages about 54 degrees. And after 30 minutes of this temperature water, hypothermia starts to set in. Mixed in with four to six foot tall waves, it would take even Olympic gold medalist Michael Phelps at least 30 minutes to swim to land. He averages four to seven miles per hour, but not with waves.
1: Wow, that's that's a long time.
0: Yeah, right. So it is virtually impossible for anyone to escape.
1: Mm. Virtually. Yes.
0: Um, By the end of the Civil War, Alcatraz's defenses were already becoming obsolete um, because of rapid military breakthroughs during the war. And the military kind of just gave up on the idea of it being a fort and started to focus more on it being a prison. In 1867, a brick jailhouse was built. Previously, prisoners were just kept in the basement of the guardhouse because it wasn't meant to be a prison. It, it had small cells where they could use it for that, but it wasn't. And in 1868, Alcatraz was officially designated as a long-term detention facility for military prisoners. In 1909... The building that we all picture whenever someone says Alcatraz, it started to be built. And that building was finished in 1912. One thing to note, though, the prison's bars were built flat, not rounded. So this was unacceptable when the prison became a maximum security penitentiary because they could be sawed then.
1: Oh, I would not have thought of that. Good thing I wasn't in charge of that.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing to note though, is that, um, when they're building the prison, they demolished everything, but the bottom floor of the citadel that was on the island. So the bottom floor was actually underground and sits under the prison. And this is why people talk about it having a dungeon.
1: Oh, okay. Cause one of my stories mentions the dungeon and I was not clear what that was.
0: So. I was in there. That was yeah, part of my tour.
1: I feel like that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so during World War I, the prison held uh, conscientious objectors, including Philip Grosser, who wrote a pamphlet entitled Uncle Sam's Devil's Island about his experiences. There. Okay. The military prison was deactivated in 1933 and was transferred to the Bureau of Prisons. I didn't know we had a Bureau of Prisons, but we do. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, well, we did at least at we that did, point. Yeah. yeah.
0: So now, during the 1930s, the U.S. went into its Great Depression, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which uh, we've talked about a few times on the show. This depression led to a lot of people turning to a life of crime, and some of these people became very good at at being criminals. And people seemed to escape prison more often in those days.
1: That's true. I think we've heard some of those stories like and some Dillinger. of our, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think. Um... That, yeah, so I could see that they were looking for something better.
0: Yeah, so they, you know, decided on October 12th, 1933, to have Alcatraz become a federal prison. Um, but not just any prison. It was the first real maximum security prison. It was designed to hold prisoners who continuously cause trouble at other federal prisons.
1: Tier 2 prison.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the prison did not have the same goal as other prisons, though. Mm. Uh, prisons were mostly designed at that time to uh, rehabilitate its inmates. The prisoners sent to Alcatraz were criminals that they believed could not be rehabilitated. So its goal was purely to discipline its inmates and detain them. Okay. I was a criminal justice major. I don't know if you knew this about me.
1: I think you've mentioned this.
0: Yeah, and uh I studied Alcatraz um because it was counter to what um we were learning. Mm. So we wanted to learn the opposite of it.
1: So now were the people that were there were any of them released or were they all lifers?
0: Yeah, they were some of them were released. Okay. They yeah, I've seen interviews with a couple of people. Okay. Um so yeah, um, they took out a lot of the flat bars that I mentioned mm-hmm. and made them round and out of hardened steel. So they weren't able to saw through them. Okay. There was a couple of exceptions though, one of which was cell block D. There were a couple of escape attempts made out of this cell block mm-hmm. because they were able to saw through. Interesting. At 9.40 a.m. on August eleventh, 1934, the first batch of 137 prisoners arrived at Alcatraz. They arrived by railroad from Leavenworth Prison in Kansas to California. They were then escorted to Alcatraz by 60 special agents, U.S. marshals, and railway security officials.
1: Wow, they were really not taking any chances. Oh,
0: absolutely not. Uh, Because most of these prisoners were bank robbers or murderers or both. Ah. Sometimes they were murdering bank robbers. Which? Sometimes they were bank robbers that happened to murder too.
1: Which we're going to talk about maybe in our next episode. I'm not going to give anything else away yet.
0: Ooh, yeah. But. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Uh, Alcatraz was only in use for 29 years as a federal prison. But during that time, it housed some of the most notorious criminals in American history. So we have Al Capone, right? That's, yep. that's to us the biggest. Mm-hmm. To them, he was just one of them. Wow. He, he didn't get any special treatment when he was there.
1: No, it doesn't sound like a place that gives special treatment.
0: Nope. We also have the Birdman of Alcatraz. I've
1: heard that name.
0: Robert Franklin Stroud, who was actually a ornithologist- Um, but he couldn't keep birds on on Alcatraz because they had too many birds, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) That's too bad. He was also a pimp at the age of 18 in Alaska.
1: Okay, then. He was an ornithologist (laughs) who was also a pimp. Interesting. In in Alaska. In Alaska.
0: Yep. Then we have George Machine Gun Kelly. He's another famous one. We have Bumpy Johnson. (laughs) 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 He got that name from a bump on the back of his head. Okay. We have uh, Rafael Cancel Miranda, a member of the Puerto Rican Nationalist Party who attacked the United States Capitol building in 1954.
1: Wow, I'm surprised that he wasn't executed. Right? Yeah. No.
0: Then we have Mickey, Mickey Cohen, uh, who was actually a professional boxer and a mobster boss. Too.
1: Oh, wow. That's yeah. a double duty.
0: He did, yeah. Then we have Arthur R. Doc Barker. He was killed while trying to escape Alcatraz. And we have Alvin Creepy Carpus. I like <laughs> these nicknames. Yeah, right? Uh, he holds the record for the most time in prison on Alcatraz, 26 years.
1: Oh, that's a long time. Yeah,
0: He was named Creepy because of his sinister smile. He was a Canadian and... Of Lithuanian descent. I'm also Lithuanian. So. Oh,
1: so you feel a little kinship. So to I'm a little creepy. creepy too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting that he was Canadian. Like, why, why was he here and not in Canada? I guess they didn't want him. He was
0: born in Canada.
1: Oh, but he moved here. Yes. Okay.
0: So it is claimed, some would dispute though, that in 29 years, that no one escaped Alcatraz. You know, there are reports. Okay. That some people might have. There are sightings.
1: I mean, I've heard stories, but I'm curious.
0: I don't follow those stories through, though, because there's just too much. Oh, and they I were And they were just sightings. I guess gotcha. I do speak of it a little bit. So a total of 36 prisoners made 14 escape attempts. Two men actually tried twice. 23 were caught alive. Six were shot and killed two drowned and five are listed as missing and presumed drowned.
1: So those five are the ones that maybe some people have some stories
0: at least three of them.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Or okay. two of them. Okay.
0: So I'm also going to talk about the battle of the battle of Alcatraz which happened on May 2nd through the 4th of 1946.
1: All right, right after World War II ended?
0: Yeah, this was a big takeover of Alcatraz by just a couple of inmates, and it was the result of an unsuccessful escape attempt at Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Two correction officers were killed, along with three of the inmates. Fourteen correction officers and one uninvolved convict were also injured. Two of the surviving convicts were later executed for their role.
1: Wow, that's pretty dramatic. And then, That sounds like a TV show.
0: Oh, yeah, it could be. Uh, And here's what you wanted to know more about. On June eleventh, 1962, there was an escape, and it was undertaken by inmate Frank Morris and brother John and Clarence, England. The three men were able to escape from their cells and leave the island in makeshift rafts. Uh, One of them used... um, Used um, gloves, you know, like medical gloves, latex gloves. Okay. They blew them up. Oh. And they floated on them. Or Mm. at least one of them did.
1: Wow, that does not seem sturdy.
0: No. uh, It remains unknown what happened to them after entering San Francisco Bay. Hmm. A fourth inmate, Alan West, did not manage to escape his cell in time to join the others and decided to abort his escape attempt. So this plan was so elaborate, it even involved making dummy heads to fool the guards. <laughs> I mean, it makes me think of Ferris Bueller. I was just
1: gonna say, this is Ferris Bueller. Yeah, I, right? I love did it.
0: He, did they get a keyboard or something I for guess, Christmas? I don't know. So new circumstantial and material evidence continues to surface to this day. Wow. Stoking further research and debates on whether the inmates managed to survive. Okay. There are a couple of accounts that they did. That would that be were crazy
1: to yeah. think about.
0: So because the penitentiary was this maximum security penitentiary where guards would have to get on a boat to travel one mile to get to uh, Alcatraz.
1: Well, and if you think about it, like all the food, all yep. the everything, everything that anybody every, needed. yeah,
0: to be transported by boat. So the cost was much more to operate than any other prison, nearly $10 per prisoner per day, as opposed to like $3 per prisoner per day at Atlanta. Mm. And a half a century of saltwater saturation had severely eroded the building. They would have had to do some major repairs in order to keep this a prison. Robert F. Kennedy, one of the Kennedys, Uh, Ordered the penitentiary closed on March 21st of 1963. And beginning on November 20th, 1969, a group of Native Americans called United Indians of all tribes, mostly college students from San Francisco, occupied the island to protest federal policies related to American Indians. And they stayed there for a very long time. Mm. Like a couple years, I think.
1: Wow, reclaiming.
0: They tried. Yeah, it didn't work. No, didn't work so well. So do you have anything to add to the history?
1: I, no, I mean you've got the history. I. It's one of those things. Like I'm sure they told us a lot when I was on the tour, but I don't. I don't remember a whole lot of it other than I knew it was military that had started that way and then had become a prison and then now it's a tourist place. Yeah, um, it's really fun if it you is. are in San Francisco. I highly recommend it.
0: It is kind of cold there too.
1: Oh yeah. I mean San Francisco in general is colder than you think it's gonna be, but Elcatraz in Alcatraz. itself is
0: just like five to ten degrees colder yeah. than, I mean, it's an than island. San Francisco. Yeah. 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 And yeah, it's uh I remember going out in the yard. Mm-hmm. Did you get to yep. go out in
1: the yard? I got to go in the yard, yeah.
0: And there was bird poop everywhere. 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 <laughs> like I don't know how they managed to make a building on there with all the bird poop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just, it's so interesting. And they, they show you how they open the doors and it's kind of, it's different, you know. And they like, show you the flat
0: bars too. They show cell, you the flat bars in yeah. cell block D, mm-hmm.
1: which we're going to talk more about cell block D oh. in our debate.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, at that, I think we should take one more break. Okay. you like it weird and dark listen to two redheads talk about true crime
1: paranormal and other dark subjects on all cats are gray in the dark now on stitcher itunes spotify and more explicit language and trigger warnings this is not for everyone we We talk talk hard. hard
0: So we're back, and I just have to say, I love talking about mobsters.
1: Mobsters are pretty great.
0: Yeah, right? (laughs) And mobster ghost, even better.
1: Even better. So Uh, do
0: you have some stuff to debate, or is you just going to concede to me right now?
1: uh, No, definitely not. Not with Alcatraz. (laughs) There are so many ghosts. I can't even... I mean, I'm going to tell some specific stories, but just know that there are constantly sightings. There have been in the past, still are today... It's. Feeling, it's apparitions, it's sounds, it's cold spots, it's all of the ghosty things, (laughs) whatever you want to call them, (laughs) Uh, but they uh, all of the thing, all the paranormal things that we've ever talked about, (laughs) it seems Mm -hmm. like uh, a woman in white. I I haven't heard a woman in white. There is a woman involved. Um, and there are actually, if you look online, we're not going to talk about them today. Cause again, it's just a one-off, but, um, there have been a couple photographs of ghostly women at the prison, not I'm in sure white Oh,
0: okay. They're not wearing good.
1: Not that I can tell anyway.
0: If you're going to be a ghost in the future, just so everyone knows, <laughs> please don't wear white. There's too many of them.
1: <laughs> um, are but- there orbs? uh I yeah I'm sure there are I you know again didn't necessarily no, see anything specific, but I'm sure there are mm. so uh but I thought these were three of the more interesting stories now this first one is a little bit longer because I think it needs a little bit of a build up to it and some some more history uh all of these though I found on multiple sites, but okay. the main one we're going to be using is legends of america dot com Okay. Again, just really helpful the way that they they put it together. So this, although script,
0: they do say that they're legends.
1: Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean they're not true.
0: That's the word legend. It's a story.
1: Someone can be a legend, or something can be a legend. It doesn't yeah, like mean that Babe it's... Ruth. Right.
0: You know, he was a legend, and he existed. But... Yeah. Okay. All right. Keep going.
1: <laughs> okay. So this first one is the D block. Which Ooh, is yeah. to always considered the most haunted. Yes, by far, and of well, the-
0: it was it was where the really bad criminals went.
1: Right. So most visitors, psychics, ghost hunters all agree the most haunted cell in Alcatraz is located in the most haunted cell block. It's cell fourteen D in the D block.
0: Okay. So it's a lot of D's.
1: It's a lot of D's. So, just to talk a little bit more about the D block. So, these were called the strip cells. Yeah. Uh, I know. That sounds really <laughs> sweet, right? <laughs> right. Um, but base- Did they
0: bring singles with them.
1: <laughs> Basically, they're what we've all seen on TV uh, as the hole. Yeah. Right? Like, so the place that they send you when you've been bad or need extra discipline. Um, Usually you're only there for a day or two and it's lots of deprivation, lots of bad. Okay. But the last strip cell, 14D, was also known as the Oriental and it was the most severe punishment the prison could assign. Wow. So assuring complete deprivation of all peripheral senses, the dark steel-encased cell contained no sink or toilet, just a small hole in the floor. Uh, what was that for? For what you needed to do.
0: Oh, like poopies and stuff?
1: <laughs> yes, and peepees. Oh, okay.
0: and peepees in there? <laughs> wow. Okay.
1: Um, okay, glad you went there.
0: <laughs> Somebody had to. Okay. You know the listeners are thinking, what is she talking about? I, I,
1: sure, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, inmates replace naked in the cell, so Whoa. I guess there's, yeah. Uh, I guess that's the strip part, Um, given a restricted diet and confined in totally pitch black, cold environment. Although a sleeping mattress was allowed at night, it was removed at dawn each morning. Inmates were usually only subject to this degree of punishment for one or two days. A former guard who worked in the prison in the 1940s reported that guards often saw the ghostly presence of a man dressed in late 1800s prison attire, walking the hallway next to the strip cells. So this was a ghost. So, so the, the guards in the 40s mm-hmm. saw this guy from the late 1800s, this ghost. Okay. On one occasion, when an inmate was locked in the hole, so this 14D, guards claimed that he reported to believe that there was a, an evil creature within his cell sporting glowing red eyes and viciously attacking him. Okay. So again, several sites kind of all talk about this. Um, The 19th century spectral prisoner, so this ghost that people Mm -hmm. would claim to see, had become so much of a practical joke among the guards that the convict who was crying out that he was being attacked was totally ignored. People were like, whatever. Um, The inmates' screams continued well into the night when they were suddenly replaced by total silence. The following morning, when the guards inspected the cell, the convict was found dead with a terrible expression in his face and noticeable handprints around his throat. The autopsy revealed that the strangulation was not self inflicted. So, that part, true. Okay. Like documented yeah. truth. Now, again, the ghost or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah. Okay. At the time, many believe the inmate was strangled by a guard who had finally had enough of the inmate screaming. Though an investigation was made, no one ever admitted to strangling the prisoner. Now, many believe that the prisoner was killed by the restless evil spirit of that 19th century prisoner who the guards had seen wandering around. Uh, adding to the mystery, when the guards lined up the convicts for a daily count um, right after this, mm-hmm. one too many convicts were in the lineup. At the end of the row appeared the recently strangled convict. Hmm. As everyone, guards and prisoners alike, looked on in stunned silence, the ghostly figure vanished. I'm going to be honest; that particular part of the story I only found in one source. Okay, so I would, I'm not sure.
0: Okay,
1: uh, anyways, just to finish this up. So today's visitors uh, and staff often report cold spots in the hallways of D Block, as well as sudden intense feelings. Um, cells um, 12 and 14D are the most active and 14D is often reported to be 20 degrees colder than the rest of the cells in the block, and numerous uh, psychics have felt emotionally charged impressions in the corner of the cells where punished prisoners were known to have crouched and suffered. These cells are so eerie that it is said that some park ra- ref- park rangers refuse to go there alone. Interesting. Yeah. So what do you think?
0: All right. So where do I start? I'm going to start with the temperature of the cell. Okay. It is in pitch black. I, I, I've been there, seen it, been in it. Um, it is pitch black. So therefore, no sunlight comes in to warm it up. Um, there's not much of a heating system going on there because it is in California. So um, many times, the prison is very cold. And if they did have any kind of heating, it was old and outdated.
1: But they're saying it's colder than what, like, cells even next door to
0: because it. Because it was in pitch black. Because the sun was not hitting it in the same way it was hitting the other cells. If if you if you actually were to look at it, you could tell it does not get the same sunlight that the rest of them do. That can cause a 20-degree difference.
1: I don't know. 20 degrees seems like a lot, but okay. okay.
0: Well, I'm going to keep going with All right, this, keep though. keep going. So, the... Person screaming that he saw this uh, stuff. When you put someone in a um, in a in the holding cell, the reason why they're only allowed to keep them there one to two days is because they go insane, and that can happen very soon after being put into a cell with sensory deprivation. Uh, so what they do is, you know, you're in a pitch black cell. There's nothing in this cell. You're there just feeling around on the walls. You have no idea of time or space in there. Terrifying. Nor can you communicate with someone. The only communication that you could do would be yelling out something like this. So that was to get guards to come talk to him, to make him sane.
1: But then he did die with strangulation marks. Well, I'm going
0: to keep going with this. So yeah, he died with strangulation marks, and that was... So in those in, in that day and age the um guards were just as much mobsters as the mobsters were. And he was screaming all night. They probably got really sick of him and they probably did him in. It makes a lot more sense than a demon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say. And your um your thing about you know him coming to the lineup. Pure and utter fiction.
1: Yeah, I would say that part seems a little sketchy to me. Um, but the idea of like them finding him in the cell dead with these marks that were not self-inflicted seems really sketchy to me.
0: Did I cover all your points? I
1: least? think so. I think so.
0: So what is your rating? Zero to 10.
1: Uh, I'm giving this one a six.
0: I'm giving this one a one.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right uh okay story number two is actually again a couple little stories um okay. that this uh from the same person warden johnson so he's warden mm, of the prison yes um and this was um i think in the 1940s again this is johnson a lot of or the johnston oh oh sorry johnston okay sorry you're right johns johnston um so Two, two stories. The one of the, that was the most famous is he was leading a tour of Alcatraz with people. I mean, there was still a prison at this point, but they, he was leading a tour and um, he and the people on the tour all of a sudden heard a woman sobbing. And it sounded like it was coming from the dungeon. That's why I, I, I didn't even put it in here because I was like, dungeon, there's no dungeon. But you explained to us that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so they heard it and then all of a sudden it stopped. And just as it stopped, a cold wind swept through the group. Hmm. Do you wanna chat about this one before? Because the next story is a different story. Yes. Okay.
0: If you're in the cell and someone's screaming in the dungeon, you wouldn't you wouldn't hear it. There's too much concrete in between.
1: Right, so it's a ghost.
0: No, it just, it isn't there. It's something within the prison. It was probably some, you know, maybe it was Bumpy guy, whatever his <laughs> name was. But
1: I mean, if you're saying that if you're outside the prison, you can't hear things that are inside the prison, but you're hearing crying, and a, distinctly a woman, like that just seems then paranormal to me.
0: I'm saying that there's no proof that it's paranormal at all. Um, just that you're saying that they heard a woman's cry. Uh, could have been a woman in the tour. It could have been, could have been, I don't know, somebody, they did, some people lived on the island part time mm-hmm. and they might have had uh, conjugal visits, let's just say.
1: <laughs> Well, maybe, okay, that's going a different direction with the sobbing, but- um, But
0: you're more likely to hear something from outside the prison than you would be to hear something from the dungeon.
1: Right, again, that's why it was weird and they were all taken aback by but it. But again,
0: it's not coming from the dungeon. So well, it's that's... coming from in the cell. No women died in that cell.
1: No, I mean, again, it was really weird. Well, we so... don't know. Well, no, so th- that's what I wanted to bring up at this point. So we, we've we talked a lot about- um, this land, uh, because that's what's recorded, you know, as far as it was Mexican, we bought mm-hmm. it and it was all all that stuff, uh, the US bought it. But then uh, before that, as you mentioned, the, it was a Native American land. Um, and there's there's a lot of record of people being buried on this island, things happening on this island, spirits um, there for a long time. So in other words, it could be a spirit that wouldn't necessarily have to be from Alcatraz, the prison, um, that could be the one making the noise.
0: Or it could be, you know, somebody that's on the cooking staff. They would use women for the cooking staff. Sure. So there are women.
1: I, again, if, I'm just saying. everyone's saying it. All right. So the other story, uh, and I'm so excited to be able to tell the story because I actually found the story oh, a year ago. Uh, over a year ago, for our first Christmas episode, mm. which was our first um, like Christmas ghost story In the episode, spirit In the spirit of it's Christmas, which yeah. uh, you should definitely go check out, Mondo's on that one. It's so much fun. Yeah, um, and I we don't. Debate. That was
0: Mondo's first, wasn't it?
1: It might have been. Might have been. I'm not sure. I don't remember. We've had too many episodes now. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I found this story and I really wanted to tell, it, but there just wasn't really quite enough for it to be like on a, an episode uh, by itself. Okay, so since the 1940s, apparitions have been seen at this site, right? Um, at this, this uh, where the warden's house was. Um, but uh, during a Christmas party at Warden Johnston's, several guards told the story of a ghostly man who suddenly appeared before them wearing a gray suit, brimmed cap, and sporting mutton chop sideburns. As the star- it was Elvis. <laughs> the startled guards stared at the apparition. The room suddenly turned very cold, and the fire in the Ben Franklin stove was extinguished. Less than a minute later, the spirit vanished. Again, what I find interesting about both of these stories is multiple people, like, will say the same story. It's not just one person saying it.
0: Yeah, I think it was just guards just telling stories. Just so they to have all fun. got
1: together and decided to tell the story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay kind of like the mandela effect that we were talking about you know it's collective um belief in something you know maybe they all just were like you know that happened or it could be that they thought that they saw something but they didn't see it and then the lights went out and the ben franklin stove was extinguished and it got really spooky for a second then when they finally figured out how to get the lights and stuff back on he's gone
1: I don't know. Sounds very spooky to me. And again, a lot of people saw it.
0: Nah, I don't know. <laughs> so, what is your rating for all this?
1: Um, for the Johnson stuff, this one I give like a, a seven.
0: I give this one a zero. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. We're hiding in the opposite directions.
0: I know, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I have one more. Okay. And this is Cell Black C. So, again, we had Cell okay. Black D, most haunted, Cell Black C competition. All right. Now, I don't know, some of this, you'll have to tell me if you read some of this with your own and if mm-hmm. I get anything wrong okay. with the, the history part. Um, so, it is a super hard, haunted part of the prison, several violent Encounters kind of happened in this block, mm-hmm. which has led to many claims since then of ghostly activity.
0: That's where the Battle of Alcatraz started.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Did you like my use of ghostly there, though? Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. Thanks. Anytime you could use ghostly I mean, within a ghost story, yeah. It's that's good. what
1: I did. Uh, okay, so in Cell Black Sea, many people believe that the utility passageway where convicts Bernard Coy. Joseph Kretzer and Marvin Hubbard were killed during their their escape attempt in 1946 is haunted. So they think that where they were trying to get out Mm -hmm. loud, clanging noises are often heard, but stop when the door is open only to resume again. Once it's closed, others have reported seeing the apparitions of men wearing fatigues and hearing disembodied voices at the site of the riot that left three prisoners dead, which is what you told us about. Okay. The laundry room in Selblexie is also said to hold an unseen presence. When a CBS News team brought in celebrity psychic Sylvia Brown, along with ex-convict Leo, Leon Thompson, Sylvia immediately encountered the unseen presence, as well as strong impressions of violence in the laundry room. As she described, a tall man with a uh, bald head and small beady eyes. Leon Thompson, the ex-convict, moved forward, stating, I remember Butcher. He was a hitman with Murder Incorporated, there's your mobster stuff, mm-hmm. uh, before they caught him. His name was Abby Maldowitz, but we called him Butcher. Another prisoner killed him here in the laundry room. Prisoner records confirm that Maldowitz was killed by another inmate in the laundry area of Cell Black C. Okay. So, several sightings in Cell Black Sea.
0: Um, let's see where to start. Um So, the prison itself is very creepy looking. Yeah. And would lead you to believe that creepy things happen um, when prisoners are talking to each other, it would I'm sure they would tell little ghost stories to each other, try to scare each other, try to throw each other off. Um, as far as the murder that happened, um, yeah, there's murders in prison. I mean that's just the way it goes and um I don't know how he decided that the tall man with a bald beard and small beady eyes was um, the butcher or butcher.
1: Well, that must be what he looked like.
0: Well, but I mean, how do we know that this is true? When they searched those records, did they actually search for a bald man with beady eyes?
1: (laughs) Well, no, but they look for the name and I'm sure there's a picture of him.
0: And Sylvia Brown... um, so, what would happen if we were able to prove right now that um psychic powers and ghosts and stuff like that don't exist what would what would happen to her career?
1: Well, I don't know she's psychic, so
0: well, if we could say that she wasn't for sure if if I had proof if I could lay this down, which by the way you don't. the believers the, well, the believers are the ones that have to prove. I mean, because this is supernatural. I mean, yeah, it's just the way that it goes. But anyways, um, she would be without a career. She would be moneyless. She's made a lot, a lot of money on the idea that she's psychic and can speak with the dead. Um, so I mean, a lot of people make money on their talents, but if she went to Alcatraz and said, Nope, I'm not picking up anything. She'd make no money on that.
1: But maybe she, but she didn't have to, to read something so clear and specific.
0: I mean, specific. I mean, there's a lot of tall, bald men with small beady (laughs) eyes in a prison, I mean, if you look at some of their but pictures- But somebody that
1: was killed in that room it, oh, and other people have seen.
0: Hold on. If you look at the pictures of these inmates, half of them are bald.
1: Well, that might be. And
0: they all have beady eyes. But
1: then, so, so, okay, maybe the ghost was of a different prisoner. Fine. Doesn't okay. mean it wasn't a ghost of a prisoner.
0: But there's no proof that there's a ghost. Just that she was like, hey, I saw this person and this this other guy was like, yeah, that's that's butcher (laughs) there's no proof of anything there it's just by and by the way we're taking inmates word for things on these kind of things well he wasn't an
1: inmate when he was there
0: okay but he was at one time yes if you're a criminal does that mean that you're you're definitely not a liar
1: i there's lots of negatives in there and i'm confused (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) so do you think prisoners can also be liars
1: well, sure.
0: Do you think prisoners are more likely to be liars?
1: Mm, former prisoners,
0: prisoners. I'm asking you, prisoners.
1: Prisoners. I mean, I would depend on the subject. I would imagine
0: how many prisoners are gonna say, "Yeah, I was guilty of this crime." What do they all say?
1: No, oh, they always say they're not guilty. Exactly, because you might get off someday.
0: And most of them are lying. <laughs> so
1: again, that doesn't mean that he's lying. Hold in this situation. on, I'm
0: going somewhere oh, okay. with this idea. So. The idea is that prisoners can lie. He is, a, he is a ex-prisoner. What benefit does he have to tell the truth at this moment and be like, I don't know what you're talking about? Well, he didn't have to step forward. Also, this was probably something pretty horrific for this man to go through, that his butcher friend was killed in the laundry room.
1: I don't know that it was his friend. It doesn't necessarily like, Okay, sound this butcher way. man mm-hmm.
0: was killed in the laundry room. So he probably relates a lot of stuff to that moment. So there's no proof that Sylvia Brown, come on.
1: Wow. Harsh. Yeah.
0: Sylvia Brown, if you want to come on the show and debate me, <laughs> I, I would be happy to have Again, you. Though, on all the you're show.
1: saying is that the ghost might have been of a different prisoner.
0: No, okay, I'm I will not, concede There is that. no ghost. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm saying that Sylvia Brown made it up that there was no ghost. She didn't see anybody. And then when she said a description, it was a very generalized description that this Leon guy could relate to anybody. And he happened to relate it to somebody that died in that room at that time because it's an event that stuck out in his head. Mm, I There's see. no ghost. I
1: I disagree. What's your rating? Zero. Zero, okay. What's your rating? Zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> what's your rating? <laughs> uh, I don't know. this one's I'm going to give this one like a, an eight.
0: Because there's an a eight. lot
1: going on. There's clanging noises. There's and Sylvia and, Brown. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on.
0: Mm-hmm. All, all right. right. So that's all you got?
1: That's all I got.
0: That's all you're going to give me?
1: That's all, all I'm giving you. I, I didn't want to... Again, there's lots of stories, but those are the... Those are 3 of the biggest ones. The 4th one would be uh Al Capone, which we talked about as the, the banjo player. The banjo playing.
0: Yeah, but I I didn't debate that. No, so. we didn't
1: debate that one, so we'll we'll let that be.
0: So I didn't know that he was a banjo player. Um I I don't know. Um I don't know I don't know what kind of equipment that they would have back then that could play music and I don't know if there was an, ever any music being played at Alcatraz um you know like transistor radios or anything like that if they were allowed any of these any of these things so i can't speak for for what the prisoners had but i it's still to me so we heard banjo playing um banjo was a popular instrument then
1: well this is not just you know in the past i mean it's something that's heard still yeah people will claim to hear it so
0: well I don't know. I don't know what they have. I don't know. I I have never heard it, so I can't say what it is. Yeah. I And I haven't heard any tapes of it or anything like that, so I can't even analyze, you know, the audio or anything to determine if it could be something else. I have no idea. There's so I'm no- just going to say that there's nothing I can say yeah, about
1: it. Yeah, that's why, again, I took it out of the debate. Like, I didn't officially make that part of the yeah. debate because it just seems a little bit vague, and a little bit smaller. Um, But it's interesting because it's Al Capone.
0: Absolutely. So that brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest. That brings us to the closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones to keep each other honest because Rebecca likes to play dirty sometimes. Uh, No. So Rebecca, are you ready?
1: Sure. Don't have any idea what I'm gonna say, but let's do
0: this. All right, let's do this. And you start now.
1: All right. I believe that Alcatraz is haunted because that island has been through a lot. The very fact that since there were people in the area, starting with the American Indians that believe that it was a dark Island and spirits that haunted the Island. Um, To me, the fact that that's, that's just kept going through the years is very strong. Uh, I think some of the strongest stories are the ones that multiple people have seen over the years. Um, They aren't necessarily people that have talked to each other. I mean, there could be 20 years between um, one story and the next. So, uh, and the fact that um, the warden was on the tour and that everyone on the tour heard the same thing, uh, I think says a lot as far as it being truthful. Um, And again, to me, I mean, God, if there is a haunted place in America, it is Alcatraz.
0: You said that about Whole House too. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right, your time is up. Okay. And I am ready whenever you are. I am ready. All right, let's do this.
1: Okay, and
0: Unfortunately, the burden of proof lies upon anything supernatural, um, because we already have natural rules. And those rules need to be disproven in order for um, any real scientific belief into something. I mean, it's fun to believe. It's fun to believe that there's ghosts. It's fun to believe that there are scary things that go bump in the night. There's uh, demons and all these other things. It's... It's fun, right? It's fun to believe that it gives you that little thrill. But the fact of the matter is, scientifically, you have not presented any proof that there are ghosts there and that there, there is supernatural thing. Just sightings from people um, that were not the best people to begin with whether it be the prison guards that are around those inmates or the inmates themselves or former inmates, they're not the most credible witnesses.
1: Ooh, okay, almost made it there.
0: I did make it there. Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, And for the record, I do not find it fun to believe in demons. Definitely not the fun part, no.
0: It is fun. (laughs) Gives you a little scare, gives you a little thrill. All right. So I want to thank you so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family as word of mouth is our best advertisement. If you are listening on internet radio right now, know that Ghostly is a podcast. You can find us at ghostlypodcast.com or wherever you find great podcasts.
1: And if you're listening to us as a podcast and you're thinking, internet radio? Where can they find us for on internet radio and just stream us twenty four seven?
0: Ghostlypodcast.com slash radio.
1: There you go. It'll That's take exciting. You
0: right to the audio. Now there is nothing on the screen. Just a <laughs> just a play bar. That's yep. it. So it's not broken. It's not there.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's radio, and the idea, I like the idea of like I can't
0: pick a ghostly episode.
1: I'll let the internet internet radio choose for me. Or you could let us
0: lull you to sleep every night.
1: And there you go. And just seep into your brain.
0: Yeah. That ghosts aren't real.
1: (laughs) Ghosts are so real. (laughs) Uh
0: So do you want to make the announcement of what our next episode will be? Yes. I want to say one thing. Okay. I presented to Rebecca an idea that I had. For Valentine's Day,
1: yes, yes. Tell them about your idea.
0: So Valentine's Day is is um our next episode falls right before Valentine's Day. There is no other episode until Valentine's Day happens. So I thought it would be a great idea for Valentine's Day to do a ghost couple.
1: Yeah, and um, so that's when uh, we figured out that the best possible. Ghost couple that we could do was Bonnie and Clyde.
0: Bonnie and Clyde.
1: Oh yeah. We're talking, we're talking uh bank robbers. Yeah. We're talking murderers. And we're talking true love. They really did love each other, those two. And you know, Romeo
0: and Juliet?
1: Uh, pretty much, but in a much more twisted way. <laughs> um the history for this is gonna be a bit crazy. Yes. So well, <laughs> you're gonna I wish you luck in trying to condense <laughs> that down. Yeah. Um, but I was already doing some research today and uh, we're talking haunted car, we're talking haunted places, wow. we're talking so many cool stories. It's gonna be a lot, a lot of fun. And, that and a episode, lot
0: of That episode comes out February 5th. Yes. So the next episode after that would be February 19th. So I wanted to do it before Valentine's Day. I thought it was important to do our couple's of ghosts so
1: yeah no it's good
0: so bonnie and clyde
1: bonnie and clyde
0: i can't wait to talk about it it's
1: gonna be a lot of fun so hey remember to uh go out to uh, itunes uh and rate and review us if you can it really helps us out a lot we want your feedback um and uh, like you said spread the word
0: spread the word tell someone tell at least one person that you (laughs) listen to ghostly and tell them what it's about yeah. And if they're interested, help them find it.
1: Exactly. And then again, you guys can debate too. It's super fun.
0: Right? And you could already be the expert of right? all of this. You already know it all.
1: Yeah, you're ready to go. And uh, remember, if you've got any stories or questions or comments or anything, send, them. send it. Info, send them. info at ghostlypodcast.com.
0: Absolutely. That is where you can find us if you have any comments to make mm-hmm. at all. Yep. So until next time, stay ghostly. Bye.